We all have massive dreams and I have so many things that I want to achieve. I would love one person to tell me what's the best thing to do at the right time. I think I've put a lot of pressure on myself in auditions that I could easily have got into. I think I'm way too young for that to even be a possibility right now. IMHO invites you to be the judge. In this podcast, we turn the microphone back on the leaders of the arts and entertainment industry and ask them to tell us what they really think. These are their unflinching and unfiltered answers and their honest opinions. He's been likened to a young Hugh Jackman, has toured the country with the likes of Casey and the Sunshine Band and the Village People and has Marsha Hines on speed dial. Proudly and passionately Brisbane-born and bred, he's Wynnum's biggest export but assures us he's just warming up. Our special guest on the IMHO podcast today is music theatre sensation and all-round top bloke Tom Oliver. (laughs) That is amazing. Well done. Thank you. What an introduction. Yes. So, ahoy there, sailor. What's this we hear about you sailing the seven seas in the uh, name of arts and entertainment last year? Well, uh, back in 2016, I did a show called Velvet, which was the brainchild of Marsha Hines' manager, Peter Ricks. And uh, we toured Australia and New Zealand with this show for about a year. And then Norwegian Cruise Lines um, bought the rights to the show for three to five years. So I've been over in Florida cruising around the Caribbean and the Bahamas and Mexico getting this show started on this floating city that they call the breakaway. So does that mean they've got the rights to you for three to five years as well? Definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) So you can dip in and out. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so random to have this, this gig that I can, I can go back to Sort sort of when when I, I want to, but it sort of has to be on the on the right schedule. Do you have any say in who gets to play your part when oh, you're not there? Absolutely not, and I've seen a few shockers. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, did this experience give you a new respect for cruise ship entertainers? Because they don't often get the greatest rap. Yeah, um, I th- it did. It gave me a complete understanding for that side of the industry. I mean, it's a multi-billion-dollar industry that I had no idea about and the entertainment department on these ships are massive the budgets that they throw at these shows are just ridiculous and it does give me a respect for the people that perform on them and just like on land there are incredible performers on these ships and there are really horrible performers but I think I just have a a big appreciation for people who can live on the ocean for months on end. Like I've been away from Australia since April. I got back um, end of last year and it's just, yeah, it's really, it's a really new lifestyle to be able to not have internet connection for days, to be in a cabin without a window, to not be able to cook your own food, to have to go to lifeboat drills every couple of weeks, to have your cabin inspection. It's a bit military if I'm, if I'm thinking about it, honestly. And my dad was in the Navy, so it was kind of this random connection that I I kind of found and uh, I guess a really minimal appreciation for what my dad went through when he was in the Navy. Everyone thinks show business is this really glamorous business. What's the reality Mm. like? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty tiring. And you're right, it's it's a massive contradiction. It is bright lights and accolades and red carpets, but it's also a lot of stress and hard work. Um, I've been away from my friends and family for a majority of 2019. I think I've been in Brisbane, I was in Brisbane for three weeks of last year in total. And a lot of pressure comes with being an artist in our industry, I think. 
and that's only when you're working. When you're not working, there's even more pressure. When you are working, you physically and mentally have to be on stage in front of people that have paid money to see you at whatever time the schedule says you have to do that. <laughs> and it, for me, it's it became quite tiring and it's it's really strange to have to have a little, to have those sorts of thoughts because you, you, you grow up and you audition for these shows and you want to you wanna live the dream and, and be a performer, a professional performer. But then with that comes all this responsibility to be the best version of yourself every day and give the audience what they want, you know. But then when you're not performing, um, you're budgeting for weeks on end of, of, of how you can pay rent and, and eat food because you need, to, you need to fill in those buffers between gigs. So... Yeah, it's a lot, isn't it? It It is. And something that you touched on before was about how you need to get up there and perform day in, day out at at this allotted time. What happens when you're having a bad day or you're just having a run of, I don't want to do this or I'm too tired to do this? Well, if the production allows, you put your understudy on. (laughs) Um, But a lot of times the, the production doesn't have an understudy. So I guess it's about checking in with yourself. I've, I've meditated, going to the gym, stepping away, not thinking about the show, but I'm, I'm still trying to work out that balance, to be honest. And that's part of my goals for 2020 is just to find that work-life balance. I think I've been engrossed in an industry that I absolutely adore for so long now that I'm a little bit tired and a little bit over it. And it's not, not the attitude that I want to have. So I'm finding that now I'm taking a bit of time for myself to tr- just see shows and, in, and find the love in it again because, yeah, mentally it's a lot. If I, I can't believe that in 2019 I was literally singing or acting on a stage somewhere in the world every week bar three weeks of the whole year. And so have you ever had a time in this past year where you've just dialed it in, where you just, you know what, I've just got nothing left in the tank but I need to be here, there's no understudy? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. There were a few nights in the Caribbean where I think I, I might have phoned it in. But Do you feel angry with yourself afterwards or do you just sort of think, look, this is a necessity? Sometimes I think I should do it more because those are the times when I have the best gig, you know, because I'm not thinking. I'm just like, stuff this. It's too hard. I'm just going on autopilot tonight. And then because you stop putting pressure on yourself to to do a good job, it actually is the better version of the show. So you spoke about how you've been travelling overseas a fair bit last year. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think the Australian entertainment industry allows people to specialise in just one thing, so just singing, just dancing, just directing, or do you need to be multi-skilled and an all-rounder to to really eke out a living? Uh, I think there's a very small number of people that focus on one skill and get paid to do that for their whole life. I was looking online last night and there's 44,000 artists, registered professional artists in Australia, and only about 17% of them work full-time in their profession. So, I mean, I'm, I'm so inspired by people like Naomi Price and Adam Bruins and the guys at Shake and Stir and Daniel Evans and Amy Ingram. Those sorts of people are so incredibly good at their skill. The industry is way too small in Australia, especially now being in the States and seeing how big the industry is over there. We really can't compare our industry to theirs and and because it's so small we need to make our own stuff or else I don't think we can survive. Yeah. So you launched Dionysus? Yes. 
back in 2018. <laughs> is that so? It's a cabaret style live variety show. Was that what was the reason behind that? Was just sort of to provide your friends in the Brisbane scene with like a, a live variety night out or another performance opportunity? I guess I was a bit frustrated that Brisbane didn't have those really cool, small kind of urban underground Berlin-y sort of venues. I mean, I spent a lot of time in 2017 touring with a Spiegel tent to Fringe Festival, so I was completely immersed in the Fringe Festival environment. And I also was aware how many professionals worked and lived in Brisbane. And it was just frustrating because I was working with a few senior members of our industry and hearing them talk about there next year saying, oh, I've got so many gaps in my schedule next year. And to me, that's so frustrating that we have so many talented people in Brisbane and not, not enough opportunities for them to, to show their skills. So I, I was down a rabbit warren with Dionysus and um, Greek mythology. And Dionysus, of course, is the Greek god of wine, theatre and ritual madness. So the Wickham in the Valley gave us their space upstairs for free and um, yeah, I got some some professionals together for the first one. It sold out and um, we've done four now and I'm at the point where I'm trying to handball it to my wonderful friend Jess Buns because I'm, I'm over committing myself to a yeah. few too many things. But is this something that you would like to continue further down? We've talked about all the performing that you're doing. Would mm. you look at pulling back and maybe producing more? I need someone to tell me what I need to do. I have so many good options and I really don't know which one to pick. I love doing it all. and that's What a fantastic <laughs> place to be in. There's very few entertainers <laughs> that would say that or performers that could say that. I know. Well, yeah, I, I guess so, but it doesn't mean I'm succeeding at all of them, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I definitely enjoy doing a lot of things. Like next year I, I, I could potentially move overseas. I could stay here. I, I could continue to audition for things or I could start making things. I also want to be a pop star. I want to just release really cool songs. I need a manager. And that's also what I think Australia is lacking, good leadership for artists. There's a lot of agencies out there which have like 300-plus artists on their book, on their books, and I, I, I just get so frustrated that there's no one actually plucking talent and, and leading them in the right direction. We all have massive dreams and I have so many things that I want to achieve, but I would love one person to tell me what's the best thing to do at the right time, you know. Is that something that you could see yourself doing further down the track? Yeah. I was literally at the traffic lights yesterday going, am I about to just quit the industry and help others and maybe be that person because we don't have those sorts of people? And maybe, but I, I still love performing so much. I'm so torn. But I think that's what 2020 is about for me is really nutting out where I sit in this space. And, I, and as you said, it's such a blessing to be able to have so many ambitions but I need to start focusing on one, I think. Do you think you'll look back at this time, this sort of end of 2019, early 2020, as a defining moment where you work out what you need to do, whether you're diversifying or whether you're just going to stay true on one track? Does it feel like this is a defining moment for yeah, you? Yeah, we're at a definite turning point. I think personally and professionally I'm in such a, a, a turning point sort of phase in the, in the Tom Oliver story. <laughs> So it does seem like a lot of hard work to carve out a living in this industry. What keeps propelling you? That's a great question right now. Um, for so long, it was just to be able to say that I was a professional and, and to be able to earn a living 
in the industry was was the goal for me. And now I've sort of achieved it. Not that it's completely locked in, but I've I've, I've bought a little apartment in the valley. I've had full time employment. I've travelled with great artists like Marsha Hines. Now I'm I'm sort of at the next phase um, in in deciding what that is. I mean, at the core of it, it's telling a good story or giving an audience an excuse to escape and entertaining them. Those are really the core values of any person in the arts industry, I guess. But on a personal level, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm now, as we just said, in a, in a turning point sort of phase. So what are you doing now that we're, we're starting 2020? Are mm-hmm. you like launching back into the, the next big thing or are you taking a bit of time now? I'm going to go to the Adelaide Fringe Festival and drink a lot of beer and watch a lot of <laughs> theatre. In moderation. <laughs> in moderation. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go and watch a lot of theatre. I'm going to sit at the beach for a little bit uh, and then I'm going to get back on the horse and do Rolling Thunder Vietnam in um, – we're doing our third Australian tour of that show. Then I'm going over to Germany um, to do Velvet in Hamburg And then I'm going to do something crazy. I don't know what it is yet, but there's going to be something big that's going to happen in July. You talked before about all these opportunities and, as you said, sort of sitting at the traffic lights the other day going, you know, should I be doing this, should I be doing that, Mm. like at a metaphorical and physical crossroads, if you will. (laughs) Do you think that you've made the most of the opportunities that have come your way? I think because I've... I really enjoy what I do and when I'm working and I really enjoy working with talented people. In a loose way, each job has sort of led to the next one and I guess that's probably the right advice to anyone who's looking for some advice on how to get into the industry is just to enjoy what you do and, and work with good people. Has there anything that you've passed on that in hindsight you wish you'd, you'd- taken or conversely is there anything that you've agreed to that you've just gone oh I really wish I'd I'd had the foresight to go no I didn't need this I guess uh, there's more so like decisions that I've made in audition situations that I probably would do differently I think I've I've put a lot of pressure on myself in auditions that I could easily have got into like I remember auditioning for I mean, not easily. It's still very difficult to get these jobs. But I remember auditioning for Matilda the Musical and um, I was told by a few different people that I'd be perfect for one of the roles in there. And because I put so much pressure on myself, I absolutely bombed out on the audition um, on a role that I could have done quite easily and that's happened a few times in audition situations. Dipping in and out of the Brisbane theatre scene such as you have, so say last year you you were gone for the best part of the year then all of a sudden you pop up on stage as a dancing lobster in Christmas actually. <laughs> My proudest gig. <laughs> that costume was spectacular. A little disappointed you didn't wear it today, Tom. But <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit warm outside. It did have it in the, in the cupboard. <laughs> when you do come back, Having had that absence, do you see marked changes in the Brisbane theatre scene? Well, yes and no. Uh, I, to be honest, I'd, I'd be—I'd prefer it to be further along. I, I go away and I see these big festivals all over the world, and I—and I wish that Brisbane had the same sort of culture that some of these places do. Like, like when the Brisbane Festival's on, it is so exciting. It's the most exciting time of the year for me, or and for a lot of creative people. But no, I feel like it's pretty similar. If anything, I'm a bit worried that it's going south in terms of its 
culture um, and I'd love to be part of the movement to, to, make, to make it a bit bigger. I mean, we, we have such a popular sports um, industry and followers of sport. I'd love to see little small to medium venues run by artists pop up all over the town and really present the artists that we have here to people and educate the audiences that we have and and show them that Brisbane is more than just the Queensland Theatre Company and the Opera Queensland Productions and the Lubbock Productions and they're all amazing sometimes. They're not always amazing. <laughs> but, but also present our independent artists on a more legitimate and professional platform. So do you aspire to artistic leadership, say an artistic director's position? Is Dionysus that first stepping stone to something bigger? I mean, the idea of travelling the world, seeing shows and then bringing them back to Brisbane is a pretty exciting thought. (laughs) Uh, It's only in the last year, I guess, that I've even thought that that's an option. I think I'm way too young for that to even be a possibility right now. But, yeah, I mean, in 10 years, absolutely. You know what? I think Naomi Price should be our next our next leader of entertainment in Brisbane. And um, if you have any papers that you need me to sign, I'm happy to start the <laughs> petition. Now, we like to to wrap things up here with what we call five honest answers, which is a quick fire round. Mm-hmm. Questions selected at random. Tom Oliver, who is your favourite Australian actor? Ooh, okay. Um, Brian Probitz is the name that comes to my head first. I'm going to say Brian Probitz. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. And why is that? Because he's just so good. He can do anything. There is no role that I've seen him not be able to do very well. What's a work you wish you could see again? Yes. This is also a tough question. Um, Oh, yeah, 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 yes. When I saw um, I Love You Bro at Le Boite, um, I was just finishing high school and I just, it was a one-man show that was performed by Leon Kane and directed by David Berthold and, yeah, it, it was. What a, a dynamic duo. Totally, totally. It, it was just so incredibly presented and told and I, um, yeah, I'd love to see that again. Audience participation, do you love it or loathe it? I love watching it. Oh, my gosh, it's so exciting. When it's happening to me, I don't know if I love it. What about when you're performing and you need to pull someone up? Yeah, it's not my favourite thing to do as an actor, to be honest. (laughs) Okay, spill the beans on the best after party you've attended. Considering you've spent all this time on a cruise ship, I'm expecting a great story. I mean, every night on a cruise ship is a pretty good after party, to be honest. I mean, the most random one that I have attended was after the New Year's Eve uh, concert that we did with Marsha on the Sydney Opera House. We were on the steps of the Opera House doing a live TV cross and then I was on a ferry, uh, like a private chartered ferry off the steps of the Opera House back to Woolloomooloo with like Jimmy Barnes and so many celebrities and I was just having this moment going, what am I doing here and and how, how, do, I, how do I do this more often? I mean, this is so random. <laughs> And finally, if you weren't a performer, what would you be doing with your life? Oh, sleeping. (laughs) Absolutely valid answer there. Tom (laughs) Oliver, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to IMHO. Make sure you subscribe and, in the spirit of the podcast, rate and review us wherever you listen to great podcasts. 
For honest opinions, ratings you can relate to and the latest arts and entertainment news, check out inmyhonestopinion.com.au.